Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Hello. How is everyone? Are we excited to be here? Hey, if you love Jesus, say I do. Man, we are excited for y'all to be here. It's weird sitting down. It's, it's a little weird sitting down. Um, listen, I am so excited for tonight. This is something that um, I feel like God has laid on our heart. Uh, it's something that I think is very vital for um, where y'all are at and, and what is going on in just the atmosphere of the world and some of the things that you are dealing with. But as, as y'all notice, I have a guest with me, Miss Kelly Lasher. Give it up for her. Um, Ke- Kelly Lasher, she alone holds so much stature, okay? Uh, she alone is, is mighty, is mighty but, but little, all right? Um, she also married a former OU kicker, Tim Lasher, I mean, has saved the day so many times. If you, ask, if you ask the older generation about Tim Lasher, everybody knows who Tim Lasher is. And so, um, but he still doesn't even hold a candle to his wife. Uh, but what I love about Kelly is that we have known each other for about nine years. And uh, what I love about Kelly is that I got to know her before the platform that she is in today. And uh, I, remember, I remember admiring uh, her back in just the church setting and how... Uh, she was so adamant about helping people um, at church and loving people. And I'm hearing just stories about uh, Kelly. Man, she just walked through this, served us, uh, helped me with my family, helped me with parenting. She has three older daughters that she's been able to just use a lot of her own parenting um, experiences and helped so many people just with that. But uh, what I love uh, just through that is Kelly obviously sees needs and she wants to serve. And one of the needs that her and her friend noticed, uh, I guess a few years back, how how old is Seven years now, is they saw a need for a a Christian-based counseling center here in Norman. And um, not only for, through churches, there's a lot of church help that they needed to be able, there's a lot of people in churches, Christians that needed to be touched just with counseling, but man, just the Norman area, but now you've seen that it grew so big in Norman, you have it in four different cities, Edmond, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, and just, I mean, it has been awesome just to see uh, this thing explode, and um, but also, it, I mean, there's a lot of people that, that need um, that, and so I'm excited to just be able for y'all to um, hear some of her thoughts and hear uh, some of the ways that God has been able to uh, use her and just the things that she's gathered over the last seven years um, is amazing. Now, the last time that I had Kelly up here was 2019, 20, it was right before the pandemic. And um, uh, we have a different relationship now because back in 2019, we were friends and it was great and it, ha- and it touched hundreds of, of crossover kids. Uh, she even told me today that she actually still has some relationships with some of those crossover kids from, uh, you know, four or five years ago and still is in sessions with them. And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but our relationship changed a couple years ago 
uh, because it went from friends to uh, I was needing some counseling. And uh, for those of y'all that don't know my story, I'm going to share it just real quick. But I had an event um, where I was, I was lifting some, some heavy uh, furniture. Uh, I pulled some things in my chest. I didn't know it. And later on that night, uh, those muscles seized. And when those muscles seized, um, I thought I was having a heart attack. And uh, instantly, my body went into a panic mode. And uh, my wife called. Uh, I, I showed up to my house at 11 o'clock. Um, and I'm just in my boxers. Hey, don't, don't visualize that. Uh, but they have wires hooked up to me and everything. And I'm laying there. I, I'm, I'm literally like, I'm like, I've been preaching for 15 years. You don't know the time when you're going to meet Jesus for 15 years. And I was like, I'm about to meet him. Now, mentally, I was fine. But my body was going crazy. And, I mean, my chest was out. My, my heart was out of my chest. Uh, it was a crazy episode. Um, but obviously Jesus didn't take me at that time, all right? And, but for the next two months, uh, I had PTSD from that event. And I was having 20, 30 panic attacks a day. And I was like, Lord, what is going on with me? And I was struggling just with this hardcore anxiety. And I was, I was stuck in a pit. And I didn't know how to get through it. And um, about month two or three, I went and talked to my pastor, who has probably dealt with it ten times more than I ever have. And he prayed over me, and some things had changed. But about month six, I called Kelly, and I was like, I have literally hit a point where I'm just confused. Like, I feel like I'm doing everything right, and like, still not a whole lot of progress. And uh, Kelly was like, hey, tell me your story. Tell me what's going on. I would like to direct you maybe to somebody who would be perfect to kind of help you through this. And that's exactly what happened. And, and, and my life changed because what happened through that was I was able to start controlling my mind rather than letting my mind and my anxiety control me. Now, it, I always say that I drive the bus of my life now, uh, but anxiety is still in the back seat, so I still got to keep it at bay, but I'm in control now. Um, and it was such a, a, a crazy experience, but it took one year, almost to the day, I think I was a couple days off from, from it, but it was one year from hell, like literally 2021 to 2022, uh, it was like June to June, it was my year from hell, but this is what I can say after it, you ready for this? I'm thankful for it, like I think that some of us right now, we're stuck in a situation uh, we're dealing with anxiety, we're dealing with depression, we're dealing with something hard right now. I hope and I pray and I can tell you that someday you can be thankful for it. And, and I never thought I would have been able to say that two years ago. And I can honestly say now that I am thankful that God took me through that year of hell because that year of hell uh, just made me a stronger, different person. And I'm so thankful that you were able to Help me and get me to that where that, to that place. But I would say that the trajectory changed when I was able to understand um, uh, just uh, mental health, mental awareness, and some of the hard things that I had to navigate through. Um, and 
just mental health issues in itself. And I think for tonight, Kelly, this is one of the things that uh, I want us to do. I want us to have a conversation. And, and Kelly and I are, 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 are good at conversations, and I think that she'll be able to tell you so many things better than I can. Um, and I think, like, let's let the Spirit lead a little bit and see where He takes us tonight. Um, and I know that for you, students, I know especially after COVID, that so many of you are hurting right now. And, and I feel it, and I know that you feel stuck, and I know that you feel alone, and you feel like, oh, Lord, I'm battling this alone. Look at everybody else's life. It's so perfect. It's so awesome. Uh, but, Lord, I, I'm stuck, and I just can't get past this situation. And I hope tonight we're able to maybe dive into some of the hard subjects that you might not ever hear. Um, and so, Kelly, I think tonight I want to I start off with, with a softball. All right, and I want us to, to kind of hit this, get the, get the juices flowing, let the spirit come here. Um, and so my question for you to start off with is, what are some mental health issues that you have seen uh, come more frequent, especially after COVID, maybe the last two, three years, uh, with college age uh, students? One of the things, I have a daughter, I have three daughters that are in their, in their 20s, their late 20s now, and one of my daughters was a social butterfly her entire life loved being with people, was the life of the party, then COVID hit, was in COVID, came out, and that daughter really had social anxiety for, I mean, she's kind of just now coming out of it, and that was such a surprise to us, but she said, you know, I just, I clammed up, I got in that cave, and it was hard for me to get back, so I think there's a lot of social anxiety that's happening now. I think all of you guys missed uh, years of really special events, your graduation. How many of y'all like missed high school graduation, proms, maybe weddings, cousins' weddings, and things like that. Like almost all of y'all, um, big events that are supposed to be mile markers in your lives and that are part of your development, your growth into the next step of life. And you guys missed a lot of that. So, I mean, that can lead to depression, um, just despair, wondering about the future, and fear, and um, a lot of a lot of things. That's great. Um, you know, it's, I did a little research because I'm such a research buff. All right, guys. Uh, I did a little research though. And according to the Mayo Health Clinic, I wanted to kind of get, um, a little bit after COVID and, you know, right in the middle between where we, where we were to where we're at. And I did a study on, uh, what did Mayo Health Clinic say? And Mayo Health Clinic said that the rate of depression, among college students is rising. And between uh, 21 to 22, they surveyed 133 college campuses. And out of those 133 college campuses, 44% of students reported symptoms of depression and 15% reported seriously considering suicide. I mean, that, that was a shock to me that almost half of the students uh, that, they, that they looked at was dealing with this depression. Um, and 15% ain't no joke. 15% of students um, seriously thinking about, about suicide. And, and I think one of the big questions that I think a lot of us deal with, especially for those of us who got our doctorate degree uh, in Google, anybody with me? All right. And we like to self-diagnose and say, what are the symptoms of depression? I think a lot of us, let's just be honest, like, we wonder, like, is this depression? Like, 
Am I dealing with this depression or, um, or am I not? Or am I just stuck in a funk? Is, is this depression? Is there, is, there, is there some symptoms? Is there some scenarios that, uh, about the depression that maybe WebMD isn't going to be able to tell us? So, yes. So the way that mental health professionals diagnose something and say this is major depressive disorder or clinical depression and it's different than sadness or being blue is we actually have this book um, and it's called the DSM-5 and it has criteria for mental health issues. And so if we have someone coming to us, there's symptoms. Like when you have a cold. Um, if you have a cold and you go in and, and you say, I'm growing up, my knee hurts. I'm like, well, that's not a cold. You know, those aren't the symptoms of a cold. But my nose is running, I feel achy, symptoms of cold. So it's the same way with mental health concerns. So there's symptoms of depression. Things like your sleep is messed up. Maybe you sleep way too much. You could literally sleep for 16 hours. Maybe it's hard for you to fall asleep. Maybe you fall asleep at about 3 o'clock in the morning you wake up and you just can't go back to bed. Mm. You just want to get up and watch TV or you just literally get out of bed and start your day at 3 o'clock in the morning. That happens sometimes. Also, maybe your appetite is messed up. You're eating, too, eating more than normal. You notice that you're gaining some weight. You have no appetite. Uh, things like you're, you're losing hope. You know, you're thinking, I, I don't really have hope that I'll be better. I can't imagine how I used to be anymore. Am I always going to be like this? Uh, thoughts, something called anhedonia, like nothing makes you happy anymore. Going to Sonic to get a Dr. Pepper, can't lift your spirits. Seeing your little dog at home, can't lift your spirits. You kind of never feel happy. Um, things like uh, trouble thinking about the future. It's really hard to look at the future and see that anything good is coming. Um, things like lack of motivation. When it gets really bad with depression, you don't even want to take a shower. I mean, some people with, with severe depression will be a week and they haven't gotten out um, and, and taken a shower. Um, and at the core of that, too, at the very end, the deepest depression and the deepest despair are thoughts of suicide. Mm. And we call it suicidal ideation. It's not uncommon for people to say, you know, I don't, sometimes I don't want to be here anymore. Like, what if I went to bed and I just didn't wake up? Or... Would they miss me if I was gone? You know, having kind of thoughts like that, those are actually, I want to normalize that. It's mm. scary when we think those things, but it doesn't mean something's wrong with you if you're having the thought, thoughts like that. Where you do really want to get concerned is if you're starting to think about it like daily, you've started thinking about a plan or maybe something you might want to, you have an idea, you might be sending letters to your, your loved ones or giving things away. Things that are more than just, maybe I don't want to be here. So those are the kind of questions that a mental health uh, provider will ask you. And if the answer is no, 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 then, like, that's not depression. You're probably just kind of having a really stressful time, maybe feeling a little blue. But there are, it's, you can see it in people's faces. You really can. Um, eyes look a little empty. They move a little slower. You pretty much spot when someone has true clinical depression. Mm. And a lot of you guys, your roommates might, you might be worried about your roommates. And those are questions to ask them. Ask them those kind of questions. I think you all know probably somebody who you're thinking, this seems more than they're just kind of sad. Something else might be going on. Mm. So that's kind of how we, I mean, we really diagnose it based on real criteria, not just do they cry all the time or something like that. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I think depression is a, is a scary animal because A, um, I think a lot of us, we do it alone, right? And I think that, um, uh, what I've learned even in my own life is that maybe I've always had it, 
and I don't know any different. And, and I think for college students, you get, you get away from the known, you get away from your parents, you get away from them telling you when to go to sleep, they giving you real food to eat, right? Like you're not just eating McDonald's every single day, right? I always say you, you eat, you eat like junk, you don't work out, you sleep like junk, you're going to feel like junk, right? And so um, I don't use junk, I use crap, Kelly, but I felt, I, yeah, I felt, okay, good. I felt like I was going to be judged a little bit. Um, but but that's, that's the truth. I mean, depression, I feel like um, sometimes we can say, well, I'm depressed, but we're, we're really, it, we're not. And there's some self-disciplines um, that we can do, but also some spiritual disciplines. Because I think, I think some of the things that you can look at in your own life is like, is like I'm down, but am I down for a reason? And like, I want to call you up. Like, I want to call, call you up here because the devil wants you to feel like you're alone. And he wants you to feel like you're stuck and you're depressed. But, but, but Jesus is like, man, listen, don't feel like you're alone. Don't feel like you're depressed. Like, find your friends who can push you closer to Jesus. Find your church. Find somewhere to volunteer. And I just remember I was stuck in, in a funk in seminary. And I, I was reading my word. I was praying. I was doing everything righteous, right? And my dad, I was like, dad, I'm just down. And you know what my dad said was, go serve somebody. That was it. Go serve somebody. And I walked down the road, and I mowed this old lady's lawn. And um, she came out with just tears in her eyes and a glass of lemonade. And I was like, and I was just like, I just want you to know, like, Jesus told me to do that. And she goes, I know he did, right? It sparked, it sparked something in me. Like, it literally changed my life. So I'm like, for some of y'all, like, like maybe you're down because you're not serving people. You're, you're not, you're, you're just becoming spiritually fat. You're not using the spiritual gifts that God has given you. So I think that depression is something that um, we can do alone. Don't do it alone, because like, that's where the devil wants you to be. Yeah, and, and clinically, you have to be all those things that I said for two weeks or more every day. So if you look at your life and every day, you can answer yes to those questions, and that's when you need to be really concerned. And ironically, I, I um, had a bout of depression when I was in my mid-30s, and it was during seminary for hmm. me, too. And it was months and months. I thought, something's, something's not right. Something's not right. And I, I need to, to let you guys know that I actually had those thoughts. Like, I can remember I would drive. I went to Dallas Theological Seminary. I would drive from Norman to Dallas. It was before online. It was before online. <laughs> yeah, I'm not old now. Um, You've just anyway, been younger longer. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But I, I can remember stopping in Ardmore at a, a parking lot and thinking, I cannot drive home. Because I'm thinking I want to drive into the traffic. Wow. And that's not me. I mean, I'm, I don't have that kind of spirit about me. Something mm. was wrong, and we've gone on for a really long time. And I was actually listening to a, uh, listening to a radio interview with Tommy Nelson from Denton Bible Church, who meant so much to us in our marriage, and he's one of our mentors. And he had a bout of depression, like serious depression. I heard him on the radio talking about it, and it's almost like it gave me permission to say, I think this is depression, because for all those months, I was going to seminary, I was leading in churches, and I was, I was like trying to be faithful, and I think that's actually a really good, it's, it's both ways, right? Clinical depression sometimes needs more, mm. and if you know it and it feels different, it's okay to ask for more. It doesn't mean you're not faithful, it doesn't mean... You know, God is mad at you, or you're just—it doesn't mean that. It means you're a physical human being that sometimes things just 
get off related to stress, high levels of stress, yeah. adrenaline. So I, I, we, we both have two different stories on that because he's exactly right. You get yourself plugged in. You try all those things. Do those first, you know, and, and over a period of time, it might lift. And if it doesn't lift, you might say this might be something more. That's good. Um, well, just to, to, to stay on the same track, but, but maybe just take a little, a little turn here. Uh, I looked at Time Magazine, a little more research. And, and Time Magazine, uh, back in 2022 to 2023, they, uh, they interviewed 7,000 college students. And out of 7,000 college students, during this academic year, 36% said that they were struggling with anxiety. And um, I, I've counseled people for, for 15 years. I've counseled so, hundreds of students and about these two subjects, about depression and anxiety. And you know what I did? I grouped them together. I did. I gr- and you know what I did? I said, you need the Philippians for this junk, all right? You need to think on what's right, what is pure, and what's holy. Like, like cage the animal. When these negative thoughts come in, cage the animal, throw them away, and only think on what is right, what is pure, what's holy. And then I want you to eat right, sleep right, and live right, right? I'm like, do that, and you'll be great. Two years ago, I did everything that I coached so many people to do and anxiety was a monster that I could not ever imagine could have been. Now, don't get me wrong, depression, like, it, 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 it hurt me, all right? It hurt me. Anxiety crippled me, right? And, and when, I, when I went to counseling, what I, what I loved about counseling is that um, she was a different duck than me, all right? We, there could be two totally different people uh, than me and Lauren. Uh, we were two totally different people. She's an artsy, craftsy, let's think outside the box, and I'm like, I want the facts, right? She had me talk to myself. Brent, talk to your body. Talk to your head. Talk to your brain. Now, brain, tell me what's going on. No lie. You ready for this? She says, talk to your heart. And as soon as I talk to my heart, my heart started hurting. And she says, you need to focus there. And no lie, this starts opening up this, this other cloud of, of way of thinking. And she goes, you don't, what's wrong with your heart? And I started realizing that the moment my heart hurt, when, when, the, when the panic started, when the first symptom happened, I have, my whole lineage has horrible hearts. My dad, his three brothers, um, and, and uh, my grandma and my dad's dad, they all have horrible hearts. And as soon as that hit me, it made sense. I, I'm having a heart attack. It's part of my lineage. And when I talked to my heart, I realized it happened. All my anxiety was because I didn't trust my heart. And that's when she was able to connect the dots. And she goes, you need to start trusting your heart. And so she was like, start running up the stairs, fill your heart, feel it beating, trust it. And I started doing that over the next two weeks. And I told Kelly about this. I remember when reality came back to me. Like when you have hardcore anxiety, like reality can even be crazy sometimes. And I remember when reality came back to me and it was when, and it was for 30 seconds for one day. And I was like, oh man, okay. And I started realizing, like, man, I can trust my heart. The next morning I woke up and, and it, was, it was gone. Thank you, Jesus. And 
Now, my question to you is, is I was able to get down to the root cause of my anxiety. Do you think that with this age group, and I know that we're not going to be able to hit everybody here, but do you, do you know of any root causes that some people are just like not aware of that is causing their anxiety? So obviously social anxiety is one of them. Um, but is there some other forms of anxiety that like they just maybe not aware of that maybe they're feeling uh, with? Yeah, so he's right. We often say anxiety and depression. Anxiety like they're one thing, and they're not. So depression is a mood disorder, and it's connected with mania. So you have depression or mania, and that would be bipolar if you think about that. And the middle is where we kind of want to be, manic depression. And then anxiety is a whole other family, and it has social anxiety, panic disorder, uh, phobias, and things like that. At the root of anxiety really is your body doesn't feel safe. Um, Something, whether it's real or perceived, so yours was a perceived threat with your heart, but it felt real. It was so real that your mind told you your heart wasn't good. We know this because if you have a nightmare, I mean, we've all woken up in the middle of the night at 72 degrees, we're in a soft bed, and it's dark, and we're sweating, and we're, we're having like a panic because we had a dream that seemed so real. So anytime there's something that's threatening, real, or perceived, your body, and, and really it's the way God designed you, because if you're under threat, you've got to go and do something kind of supernatural for you. You've got to go and run super fast. You've got to stay up a little bit longer. You've got to be able to lift the rock off your arm and fall off the mountain. <laughs> you know, we're kind of designed. God designed us for that. But he didn't design us to stay in a continual high pace of adrenaline, 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 threat, 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 fear, fear, fear. And when we get like that, we're constantly, our heart is racing. We might feel like kind of choking a little bit, feel sweaty. I mean, really, ultimately, that's what anxiety mm. is. So if you're at school, you're, you're taking a test, and, man, you get really nervous because you're thinking about, if this grade doesn't work, I'm going to miss this class, and I have to take this again, and my parents won't pay after this semester. And you go all this way with it, and then your body feels threatened by something that isn't necessarily mm. happening. It's certainly not happening right now, but you're down at the end of the road, you know, where I'm not even going to have a job. I'm going to have to stay in Norman all my life. So you're already like 10 years down the road when really you're just sitting at your table taking a test. So I think what you do to yourself is you say, you know, hey, you're safe. You're safe right now. It's Tuesday night. It's 930. You're safe. Um, same with, you know, with severe things like trauma and PTSD. PTSD causes anxiety. Anxiety is one of the things that happens after trauma. And it's because your body has absorbed the pain of whatever that trauma was. And it feels threatened by it. And the way our bodies work is we can even have a thought. Um, severe trauma, you can have a smell that reminds you of something. Mm. Or even see colors. Your body holds that in. And so it's the kind of thing that you can maybe smell a smell that takes you back to when you were six and your body feels like you're there again. And it's not real because you're here. Mm. But your body doesn't know the difference. It's kind of like um, your body doesn't know the difference between the emotional memory of something and the reality of something. Yeah. And you know that because it happens with nightmares. No, so that's, really, huge. that's what anxiety that's really what anxiety is. And so that's why you talk yourself. You could do cognitive behavioral therapy. You can do memorization, verse memorization, listening to worship music, trying to do things that can change and, and conform, you know, switch your mind and focus on things that are good and all of that and guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is all actually the same as CBT, 
but CBT doesn't have the power of the spirit in it, right? So there, there's a different power in when we do uh, the Christian, when we do our way of searching God to give us that peace. It has a different thing in it. But sometimes anxiety gets so bad that you also need medication for that. I'm not one that's ever going to say medication isn't. Sometimes we need that. So there's all different levels. It's like a spectrum, really. Somebody might be anxious once in every couple months. Somebody else is anxious all the time. Their body never slows, kills butterflies. So, and there's everything in between. Yeah. Anybody think too daggum much? Anybody with me? All right. I love it. Come on, us overthinkers. Let me tell you how powerful your mind is. Is the day after I had my effect, um, uh, for the next six months, I would have heart palpitations. Never have had heart palpitations before that. But my mind was telling my heart that something was wrong. And it, was, it would flutter and have palpitations. I'm like, it's crazy how much power your brain um, can have. And so... Uh, and, and I do want to say, just to make it clear, anxiety, I think you can, except for the very worst kind of anxiety, I think you can handle anxiety with the things that we've talked about already and with counseling and therapy. Those things can be managed. We're, get, we're, get, we're getting there, Kelly. Okay. Here's my next question. You ready for this? Yeah. Hey, Kelly, how do we handle all this? <laughs> no, let's say someone comes in. We, I got anxiety. I got depression. Maybe I have both. A little mixed in there, right? And um, we're believers. We believe in Jesus. We believe that, that he, can save, he can save us from all of eternity. He, he can probably save us from this. Uh, what are some adv- advice and, and maybe steps to navigate that. And then um, I know there are some things within the church, you know, discipleship and, and things like that, and then counseling and therapy. What are maybe some steps that we can navigate through that? Yeah, so there's different, there's different types of therapy. So sometimes you just might need to go to therapy because you're having a life transition, not sure how to handle it. You need kind of some, in essence, kind of some coaching or some direction or some practical get some tools for your toolbox is something that we say. Sometimes that's what it is. And you guys actually have that resource too with your churches. Um, I Hopefully you guys have someone that mentors you or you have some sort of discipleship group that you're a part of. You have your pastor at church. Um, you, you know what I'm talking about. Find somebody like that that you can say, hey, I'm kind of struggling with something. Can you, you meet with me? Let's just talk. And sometimes that's all you need. You need someone that knows you, that you know, that you feel known by, you can sit and have coffee with, and you feel like, okay, I, I'm cared for. Um, they care about me. They see me. That's that's okay. I can keep going like this. Mm. Sometimes you need to go to maybe your church's care pastor. Some churches do have counselors on staff, or the pastors don't have the bandwidth anymore to do it. It's so much. But some, some churches do have counseling departments. But then sometimes it gets to the place where you, you, you need more professional help. Um, coming at it from both sides, I've been a mentor, I've been a women's ministry leader, I've been a care and discipleship pastor. Therapists are something totally different. Um, we're a human body, and God has made you and designed you. Therapists are touching to that, they're getting to the core, they're getting to issues and motivations, and it's a whole different thing than discipleship. And so, um, Sometimes a therapist can do both, and sometimes that's appropriate. But sometimes a therapist has to do the work of a therapist, which is very different than the yeah. work of a disciple, leader, or a pastor. 
And at a certain point, sometimes you need a little bit more. And it's not that God, I, I completely believe God can heal, but I don't think he always chooses to. No. For some reason, he allows us to go through things and chooses not to intervene. And I believe very strongly that God has given man the mind to understand his creation to some degree. And if that means scientists have studied about mental health and can give us direction on what to do, I believe that God worked through the mind of those scientists to figure that out. I don't think there's anything unfaithful about doing it. Yeah. Well, and, uh, for, you know, most of the guys have discipled me are either old cowboys or country bumpkins, right? They don't know the first thing if I'm like, I'm depressed. And they're like, well, just toughen up, son, right? And it's like, um, you know, there are some people where I'm like, hey, I'm depressed. And they're like, well, let's, let's work through this. And, yeah, yeah. and you've got to be real with them. And um, uh, right, too, you know, guys. I mean, he's your leader. And he's willing to sit and tell you his story. And I think you have before. Yeah. But, and that's not easy to do. And I think that you can, leave, you can listen to his example. And no, don't. It's okay to find people you feel safe with and tell them what's going on. You're not alone. You're really not. And I see people all the time that I'm like, if only you could know that client that I saw two hours ago. Y'all would be so great. Yeah. Because everyone feels so lonely. But um, you're really brave in sharing your story. It does help. I knew that through this, like... I always wondered what's the teaching moment and I wanted y'all to know like I didn't want any special privileges like Kelly was like hey if you want to come through the side door like at the time that is your counseling session like you can come in and I was like you know if I ever preach about this they might not get that special privilege because they might not know you you know so I went and sat in that waiting room you want to know how like I'm like I humbled myself because there was, but there was a lot of people in there and I was like, okay. And some of them knew who I was. And I was like, you know what? There's power in this. Like there's power that that guy who has a family of four, he sees me, this minister leading hundreds. There's power in that he, he's been able to see that. And also I wanted to be like, hey, I went and sat in that waiting room as well. And if I can do it, you can do it. And I'm telling you, there's power in just being able to, to, to humble yourself, right? And know that you need help. Like, it's not worth, it's, it's a false sense of pride for you to fight this alone. Like, like try to, you know, be the person that you want to be. And before, I'm going I'm to preach just, a little, for, just for two seconds after this. Uh, but say we're, we're seeking counseling, uh, we want to do it, we, we, we know we need it, or we have a friend that we feel like we're close enough to, hey, you know what, I think counseling might be the thing for you. There's one big thing college kids want to know is how much does it cost or what's the payment plans or what are some things they don't know about that? Yeah, so before we started, we went ahead and gave you guys little papers with some of this on there. We were afraid y'all would all bust out and not get them. But, okay, so therapy has all different price ranges. So, okay, so we started, the place where we started is Restore Behavioral Health. And we think it's really important to offer all different price ranges. So we actually have everywhere from a licensed professional counselor, a licensed social worker who is paneled with, paneled with insurances. So if you have insurance, they can accept that insurance. Their, their rates are normally like $130 to $150. That's a lot. If you don't have insurance, so you don't want to tell your parents that you're doing it. You don't want to have to ask for parents because you know they'll be worried about you, but you know that you need help. Then we have everything all the way down to... $25, and really, we've never turned anyone away. 
I've done counseling for free for people. We've never turned anyone away at Restore that says, I need free therapy. It would be with one of our graduate student interns who are here at OU. Um, they're in the graduate program. We've got one of them here tonight to meet you guys. He's actually a professor in the music music theory department here. We've had uh, lawyers that have, it's all people that have gone back to school. So they're not all, they're not all young. I mean, they're not all your peers. They're also, some of them are older. But anyway, they can do it for $25 or if we know you have a need, just like, don't, don't worry about it. It's free. Because the one thing we don't want to have happen is someone to say, I don't have any money, so I can't get help. Yeah. And we have 20 interns at Restore this year. Yeah. This semester. And we have a lot of spaces. So I'm just thinking, that's why we pass that out to you guys. If any of you are thinking, I want to go get talking to somebody, get that um, sheet that we gave you. If you didn't get one, we'll give you one to check out. But um, just call us or go to that website and ask for therapy with an intern. Or if you want to tell your parents and you, you don't mind that and you, you feel okay with them knowing that you're struggling, ask them. Say, you know, hey, what is this clinic on our insurance? What's our insurance? Can I see our insurance card? You can do it without it costing a lot. Yeah. Well, and I think it'd be good to also maybe bring your parents in. You know, if you're, if you're just feeling a little weird about it, I think that could be a good bonding experience for y'all. And in all honesty, your parents might be hurting the same way. And this could be, man, my child is stepping up and going to go seek some counseling. Maybe this is something I can do as well. Um, but as we end, I want y'all to know something is that, you know, Second Timothy 1.7, God gives us a spirit, not of fear, but of what? but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, and something that I think that we need to know is that, is, is that God wants you to be at a place where, where you are so in love with Him and you know that He gives you power, He gives you strength, He gives you courage to face anything. And know that He doesn't want you to have a mind that's not fixed on Him and building His church and building His kingdom and just totally loving Him with all that you have. And so uh, I want you to know this, is that, is that we need to fight for that. Now what Kelly just said just a second ago is that you might be in a state right now that you've been in for a while and, and or that you're might be, you might be depressed or anxious right now, this is what I would beg you to do. Don't waste it. And, and, and don't waste it because who else right now can connect with you the way that God is? And what I've learned through my anxiety, I tried to tell Caroline what I was dealing with, and she's like, I, I, can't, I can't connect with you. I tried to tell my dad what I was going through. I can't connect with you. Even in counseling, it was like, I understand it, but obviously I can't know exactly how you feel. You know who was, who was there, though? was God. And my relationship with God, I'm telling you, it grew tremendously. God might be working in your valley right now because he has a mountain for you later that you wouldn't be able to handle because you didn't know how to communicate with him like you are now. Like, that's real. That, that's something that you can grow in. It's like, what am I learning through this? And how can I build this relationship with Jesus in such a real way that even if I feel like I'm going crazy right now, even though I feel so down, man, I'm going to stay consistent in his word and consistent to uh, his love and his relationship with him. Yeah, and I think the, the flip side, when you get out of it, um, I firmly believe that God uses your greatest works to be your best ministries. Mm. And I couldn't sit in, in front of somebody and, and minister and counsel the way I do truly if there were not things that God would allow me to go through. Because I can understand. I, it's like that's where empathy comes from. When I yeah. can dig down into something inside of me that understands how you feel. 
And, and I want to communicate to you guys too that there are times that you feel like you are all alone. Mm. Not just that there's no humans around you, you don't have any friends, but that maybe even God isn't around. I mean, sometimes you get so low and confused that it feels like this is all just some sort of sims or something, and where's God? I don't feel him. I promise you he's not gone. Even if you feel a disconnect, I know he's still there, and I know he's wooing you, and he's calling you, and he's wanting you. And if all you can know, if you don't see his hand, you know, you trust his heart, you trust who he is, because I promise he's there. Because when you're in dark of depression or severe anxiety, it does feel really all alone. Yeah. And you're not ever alone. Yeah. No, that's huge. Well, I, I, I hope that we're able to connect with a lot of you tonight. And um, I know this is, these are two heavy subjects for a lot of us. And I hope that we can see that. Uh, that we can share some light on it also, that uh, we have a good resource with Restore. And also, I, I, I want to I second that. Don't let money be a problem. And if, if you do need some help with that, please, please come and talk to me. Come and talk to Kelly, and we'd love to be able to work something out with you. But yeah, Hey, on campus, too, you guys have, um, I can't believe it, I just drew a blank of the name of it. Goddard? Huh? No, it's a... Um, it's the emergency that, like, if you're worried about your roommate or your student. No, 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 no. Tim, huh? No, well, there is 988. So instead of calling 911, you can actually dial a text or call 988, and they will give you, it's actually get with a social worker, and you can talk to them on the phone. But there's something here at OU, I can't believe, I can't remember what it is. But if you're worried, you can call this number anonymously and say, I'm worried about my roommate, I don't know what to do. Uh, you'll find it, just just look it up on the, it's probably on my home page of the yeah. university, honestly. It's really important. So, okay. Yeah. So we're going to be, when we finish up, um, Eli and Matt and I are going to kind of be milling around over there. If you want to come talk to any, even if you want to pull one of us aside and visit with us for like 10 minutes, that's totally fine. If you didn't get a little flyer, um, we've got those too. And we've got some chapsticks. Chapsticks? Yeah. I love it. Um, also, Kelly, could you, for after this, we're going to have a couple songs. Could you be standing right there and uh, pray with maybe some people? I'm going to be standing over here as well and praying for some people, and we'll have prayer teams all around. Uh, I, your, your prayers go a long way, so I think we good. Hey, can we give it for Kelly? Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and pray for just a second as the band comes forward. Father, we thank you for you. And we thank you that um, we're able to talk about some difficult situations, and, but they're real, and they're so real for so many of us. And uh, Lord, I know what it feels like to be alone and isolated and wondering and comparing yourself and wondering, like, why can't I be the person that I was and who am I going to be in the future if this is still just controlling me and disabling me? Lord, I beg that we see the power and the love and the sound mind that you've given us. And that even, even when everything is going hectic, we can stand firm in that we have a God who loves us, we have a God that has saved us, and we have a God that wants to rescue us and work in through whatever we are in right now. Let us have the confidence and boldness to do that. Lord, be it these students, um, maybe they don't have that confidence in you. Maybe they don't, they don't know what it feels like to have uh, a Savior and someone who has come and rescued us and saved us. And that maybe that's something that we want to ask more about. And I beg that they come and talk to one of our prayer teams.
team tonight and say, man, I want a God that can save me, and I want to understand what this relationship I ask that you give them bold, boldness and uh, just, just to be able to step out and do that. Lord, some of us are dealing with so many hurts and struggles, and we need some prayer. And I beg that we come to the prayer team and we lay these things down and say, man, I need you to pray for my anxiety. I need you to pray for my depression. Um, and Lord, the, the next steps is maybe we've gotten as far as we can go, and we need to, and we need to take it to counseling. Uh, Lord, just give us the, 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 uh, the desire to go to counseling and let it be such a good experience that they can enlighten us to maybe a whole new world of thinking. And maybe we're trapped in this one little thing and they can shine light on it where there's darkness and, and they can take this hold that the devil has on us and be able to, man, just maybe uplift us. Or Lord, maybe this is something that I gotta, I gotta live with and I gotta grow in it. Lord, uh, just be with us. Be with these students. Encourage them. Strengthen them, guide them. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Let's go ahead and raise our feet and worship these last couple songs.